This is an AMI podcast. Hey guys, welcome along to another episode of Double Tap. Today, Wednesday, the 18th of January, 2023. We're bringing you breaking news from Apple once again. And we're talking to Marco Flalo all about Microsoft and OpenAI. You're listening to Double Tap, your daily accessible technology show. Now, here's your hosts, Stephen Scott and Sean Priest. Yeah, welcome along to the show for another day. And uh, it's kind of a bit last minute here at Double Tap today because, yeah, we were uh, you know planning out lots of things to talk about on the show today. And then Apple do it again. Yes, again. Breaking oh, news. I know. Breaking news. Even I'm getting tired of hearing about it now, honestly. Uh, yeah. More breaking news today because Apple have announced a brand new product. This time around, it is the Apple HomePod. Now, I know what you're thinking. Hang on. Haven't they already got a HomePod out there? Yes, they do. It's called the HomePod Mini, and it is available to buy right now. But you might remember, prior to the HomePod Mini, there was the HomePod, as I call it, Big. And it seems as if it's back with a vengeance. <laughs> a brand new HomePod uh, is out, and we're going to get all the details. Now, Sean Priest is joining me today. He's just uh, getting himself into the studio as we speak, so he will be with us in just a moment. Uh, first, though, perhaps maybe let's uh, learn a little bit about this HomePod. Here is uh, what Apple has released on its website today to explain more about it. In a black space, a blue, magenta, and green backlit surface with volume up and down touch controls glows. The speaker pulls back, revealing tall walls and rounded edges wrapped in a dark mesh fabric. Introducing the new HomePod. Small white orbs shoot from HomePod. A powerful high excursion woofer and beam-forming tweeters create room-filling sound. A listener reclines in a chair and taps their foot across from HomePod. Orbs pulse around them in rhythm. HomePod senses its surroundings and calibrates for where it's placed. Advanced computational audio, powered by Apple Silicon, optimizes acoustic performance. Bands of orbs suspend in midair and vibrate, while music surrounds you with spatial audio. The orbs reshuffle around the listener's head. Across the black space, two people sit on a couch facing a monitor. Two HomePod speakers sit on either side of the monitor. Two HomePod speakers can be used for stereo pairing which is even more immersive. Orbs float gently around the couple and their dog. It all comes together for the ultimate home audio experience. HomePod is also your smart home hub with privacy and security built in. Hey Siri, lights on. A woman enters an apartment. Her cat scampers by HomePod. Transfer music using your iPhone. She hovers iPhone over HomePod. A ring of orbs emerges. Hey Siri, what's the temperature in here? 78 degrees. The apartment fills with orbs. They dance to the music. The woman walks. Her footfalls matching the beat. She opens a window. A scooter drives past below. And with Siri, you can do so much more. Hey Siri, tell everyone food's here. Food's here. Food's here. Hey Siri, play dance music everywhere. In three rooms, the orb patterns transform shape. They pulse outward in speckled waves. In one room, a light shines blue, coating dancers and orbs in a blue film. Dancers' clothing radiates in neon. A shower of orbs rains down on a dancer, who speeds up her motions, then bobs her head. Blue orbs ripple from HomePod, then vibrate in a row. They swap positions, then extend in dotted curved lines. Now the orbs form titles. All new HomePod. The new HomePod. I want to fold myself inside. The Apple logo. Titles. Spatial audio works with computer. So there you go. That is what Apple has just put out on its website, uh, advertising the brand new HomePod they've just announced today. Uh, Sean Priest, uh, you made it into your studio, have you? <sighs> What's the kerfuffle? What's <sighs> the hullabaloo all about? Why a new HomePod? Yay! Have you, you ordered excited? it? No, I haven't. But uh, I, d- I did get a tweet from Michael, who's just ordered it. He says his will be there February 1st. So he's on the ball with it. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So this is the, uh, to use your parlance, Stephen, this is the HomePod Big. Yes. The return of the HomePod Big. The return. Yeah? Is the return of the HomePod <laughs> Big. And of course, as you know, Sean, that does constitute... This. Breaking yes. news. Breaking news. <laughs> it's so loud. <laughs> Every time it makes me jump. I know, um, but I only do that for you in the edit. I lower it so that everyone else can hear it nicely. You oh, see. It's just, just to <laughs> so annoy no one, you. Everyone says, what are you talking about, Sean? Yeah, that exactly. is, let me just say, uh, that is so loud in my ears. Anyway, um, 
No, this is cool. And hey, this was out of the blue, wasn't it? I didn't yeah. hear anything. I, I must admit, I didn't look last night at any news sites, but I didn't know this was going to drop. I'd find that little bit of audio you played there, the video, slightly funny. Um, I know. You know the marketing's announce- just hilarious, isn't it? And, and the announcing to the, your family, hey, dinner's ready, is it? Well, yeah, Echo was doing that so long ago. No, Well, this is this is what I wanted to talk about. And, you know, it was funny because I was thinking about it today. I thought, you know, when the announcement came out, I thought, you know, will we, will we really want to focus on this particular announcement too much? But look, at the end of the day, it's a big tech announcement on, and this is a tech show, believe it or not. And um, Honestly. I, honestly, it is. And I thought, you know what, <laughs> actually, let's talk about it. Because what it does give us the chance to do is remind ourselves how terrible Siri is. Yes, I will. <laughs> Have you noticed? Or behind like, the curve, Siri is. Maybe that's a better, no, nicer no, way of putting terrible. it. No, it's terrible. Lately, any first command I give Siri to, you know, call so and so, message so and so, it says, "What do you want to know about blah blah?" I thought, no, I want you to. It's the first command always just is totally disregarded. It's it's rubbish. I don't know what is going on with Siri. But look, well, actually, po- yeah, because I I yeah. actually just tried to call you earlier to say, hey, let's you know, let's talk about this. And I said, call Sean Priest Mobile, and it said, yes, Mobile is a town in Alabama. Yeah, I know. I get this every <laughs> time now, and I'm like, I'm actually learning. I must say, the other day, I actually thought I'd listen to it and learn more about Mobile Alabama. So, if you ever want to test me on what's going on with a Mobile Alabama, actually, it's Mobile, but the way they say it's Mobile, uh, then uh, right. um, well, you how know, do you spell it? M O B I L E. Oh, all right. I think well it's actually don't know. Yeah, you don't know. No, okay, very good. I wasn't reading it, I was listening. What was I- why we go off on a tangent? What was he saying? Oh yeah, no, right. So, yeah, so but, he's terrible. <laughs> yeah, but to be fair, I mean, I don't know if they're trying to reposition it with this one, but I mean, the HomePod has always been an Apple Music service accessory, right? Mm-hmm. The, the speaker is yep. amazing, and the stereo pairing plus the spatial audio. Wow, I would be interested. Just having recently uh, got the AirPods Pro, uh, the first gen. I'm way behind, I know, but um, the spatial audio is cool, right? And the, the the audio quality is really good. So when it comes to audio quality and spatial, I would be really interested in a stereo pair of big Apple HomePods. But at the same time, I don't, the smart side of it, absolutely nothing to me. So a friend of ours, Red Sale, who hosts My Life in Books, he was asking me the other day about what he should do in his house. He's thinking of maybe, you know, he's got these fantastic speakers that he's had for years, part of his big, you know, old style hi-fi, which, you know, always was the best way to enjoy audio, right, for, yes. for many years. But he says, like, I'd like to simplify this a bit. And also, he says, I'd like to use some of the smart tech, you know, for example, in this case, in his case, the Amazon Echo, right? So he's thinking, okay, so how could I kind of build this together? And I said, well, look, there's lots of ways to do it. He was suggesting maybe I just have an Amazon Echo in my living room and that will do the job. And I said, well, yeah, but you do have those excellent speakers sitting there. So one thing you could do, for example, is if you can get, and actually you can't get, the the new ones don't have it, but the older ones have the 3.5 mil output jack on it. So you could connect a headphone to it, but also you can connect up to a hi-fi. And you would essentially just have the Amazon Echo as the input device and all the information, all the speech, all the music comes out of the speakers. That's one way to do it. Um, but, you know, the, the interesting thing for here is, is it does raise the question of what can you replace if you wanted to that old hi-fi setup with? And if you want to get high quality, yeah, some people are going to say the Amazon Echo is good. And I, I have a stereo pair of Amazon Echo set up in my living room, and I think they're pretty good. But are they as good as Sonos? No. And then there's these. Now, for a long time, Sonos, for, to me, was the, the height. That was the top level for me. It mm-hmm. was it was the number one when it came to sound quality. Top of the heap, king of the hill. Exactly. And number one. <laughs> and I remember going into the Apple store not long after the HomePod Big had come out. I wish they'd call it that. HomePod Big had come out, and I'd gone into the store, and I remember listening to, I can't remember what song it was, some hit at the time, and I just thought, God, that sounds fantastic. And that wasn't a single. And of course, they do that thing where they tell you, of course, it sounds great when it's stereo. Like, yes. Yeah, that's double the price. <laughs> yes, it is. But I was impressed by it. And, it. and for and for Christmas that year, my wife bought me a HomePod big. And it is, and still is, incredible. Now, there was a couple of downsides, though, because I did buy the, the second, uh, you know, a second one so I could stereo pair them. And one issue I had was they didn't stereo pair particularly well. 
Really? Um, they, they, they worked fine as long as you didn't do anything or ask it any questions or, you know, essentially just leave it alone to play its music, it would be fine. Just but if you, changed, to it. <laughs> if you changed volume, if you spoke to it, it got a bit confused as to which one was talking, which one it should be responding. It would get a bit confused between the volume. Sometimes by changing the volume on my iPhone, you know, if I was airplaying to it, it would sort of just start, it would like if I just went down one notch on my volume, one would just stop and the other one would continue. And then if I went up mm-hmm. again, the other one would stay on and the other one would go off. And To be fair, I have the exact same problems with the stereo pair of Echo Studios in my living room. Because exactly it's all Wi-Fi based, right? So it's not, it's not brilliant in that sense. Now, maybe that's improved well, in this and I'd like to hope so. Yeah, uh, well, I, I, that was going to be my next question. I think the Echoes, at least, they, they use um, Bluetooth to connect to each other for the stereo oh, pairing. Yes, because you can't Bluetooth uh, audio to a stereo pair. You can only Bluetooth audio out from your phone into one. Oh. And so they, anyway, um, what were you saying? Oh, yeah, no. So <laughs> you have already got a stereo pair yeah. of the Echo Big first gen. Yeah. So have you got any need or urge or want to get this new HomePod big? Okay, well, that's the first question, isn't it? It's like, okay, what's new? What's different in here? Um, there are a couple of things I'm noticing in this, uh, just going through the, the press release and the announcements. It does seem that there's a few things in here. One is Matter and uh, the inclusion of a smart hub, which I don't think is in the original ones. I'm fairly sure it's not. There's no smart hub in, in the existing ones. So... You have the ability now to connect devices to it, and it is Matter compatible, which means it will work with the HomeKit devices, but it will work with anything, frankly, that uses the Matter standard. And that is the new standard, which is really the one that's going to bring all these services together. So whether you've got Philips Hue, which is running on, you know, Zigbee, you know, Wave or whatever it is, you, yeah. you know, essentially everything will work with these HomePods. So that you can see what they're doing here. They're kind of building into this smart home aspect. I am not entirely convinced this is the way to do it in some ways, but we'll get to that. Um, Apple TV uh, has always worked with the HomePods, which is pretty cool. So you could have, for example, um, your your Apple TV could play the audio of your film through the HomePods, which is kind of cool, right? And up until then, you could all, you, and you could do that for a long time. Um, but there's a yeah. new feature, which I think is is kind of cool. And what they've done is they've enabled it so that through the new Apple TV, there is a way you can connect via, now, is it one of these, is it the call of the ARC, the audio return channel? Yes. You can then essentially send any of your other oh. devices through that into your HomePods, because that was always a challenge for me. That was the one thing I didn't yes. like about it. It was, it was basically Apple TV only. This is something that's new that I, I think is really cool. I so don't, you couldn't do that before? No. You could only play the Apple TV audio? You just play Apple TV audio. You, essentially, you're airplaying it to the HomePods at that point. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. But now with this new feature, you're able to actually bring your entire... So if you have a, a cable box or you have another, you know, a DVD player or whatever it is going mm-hmm. into your television, you can take the output from that TV and put it straight into that Apple TV. Um, but I think as, you need a new Apple TV for that. That's the problem. There. And as long as your TV has an ARC HDMI port, on one of your HDMI HDMI ports, it will be labelled ARC, Audio Return Channel. That's what you need as well. Um, yeah, no, that does make a huge difference because that means you can, wh- whatever you're watching, as long as it's whatever's coming through the TV will be s- streamed straight out to these uh, HomePods. So now you're talking about a cinema setup. Not quite. Yes, yeah, so sorry, no, this is the information here, right? So HomePod easily pairs with Apple TV 4K. Oh, just, yeah. For a no, powerful no, home theatre experience, yes. And eARC, <laughs> Enhanced Audio Return Channel, Support on Apple TV 4K enables customers to make HomePod the audio dis- audio system for all devices connected to the TV. And with Siri on HomePod, users can control what's playing on their TV on their Apple TV hands free. Um. Now, how does that work? Is that new? That sounds new. That does sound new. Before. I've never tried using Siri on my phone to control my Apple TV. Um, okay, that sounded cool. like the thing. Wasn't that uh, Google that did that? Google had that with Netflix. You could say to the Google Nest, you could say, hey, you know, show me Stranger Things on Netflix, and it would just start playing on your Google TV. Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. I can do the same thing on my Echo and the Fire TV stick. Oh, there you go. Uh, right, okay. It turns on the TV and starts playing whatever. Uh, yeah, so you can do the same thing. But, yeah, okay, nice. I don't know about the eARC. I don't know if that... That might be on your televisions. Yeah, okay. Fair enough. But no, that is that is new. Cool. Um, 
So, you know, again, yes, another thing they've added here, which I think is Please new, say a line in. Some way no, to attach no, them. No, 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 you're joking. No, that's never going to happen. Uh, but sound recognition comes to the HomePod, which, uh, again, this is a feature inside the Amazon Echo. It can listen out for things. Um, in this case, smoke and carbon monoxide alarms. It can send notifications directly to your iPhone if a sound is identified. It's also got a new built-in temperature and humidity sensor. So it can measure indoor environments, so users can create automations to close the blinds or turn on the fan when a certain temperature is reached in the room. Um, again, this is all stuff that's kind of, it feels like Siri's catching up a little bit here uh, and playing catch up on some of the other options yeah, that are already out knock there. it for that. No, right, definitely it's, not. It's no. good to have. They've got a built-in hub now, which is latest matter, as you say, compliant, and uh, yeah, built-in uh, thermometer. So yeah, all cool. Um, now, what else have you got? You've got activate by activating Siri, you can control a single device or create scenes like Good Morning that put multiple smart home accessories to work. You can set up those automations as well, like, for example, you know, open the blinds every day at sunrise. Uh, a new confirmation tone indicates when a Siri is made to control an accessory that may not visibly show a change, like a heater, or for accessories located in a different room. Now, that is interesting. So something that doesn't give you a sound when it's activated, like you turn on something, like a heater, the city will actually tell you it's turned on that's audibly. That's not nice. Bad. Is it? Okay. Well, I mean, if you can't see it's on, that would be helpful, wouldn't it? Okay. I'm yeah. assuming that's when you give a voice command to turn it on. Or it, or it turns it on itself through automation. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, that's very good. <laughs> you know you're blind, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they that all do that, don't you? they? They all go bing, bong, bing when you tell it to turn something on. No, the, it's, yeah, it's a recognition. The, yes, but that's that's the request from Siri. That's not telling you the thing is on. That's just no, saying no, no, yes, I'm, heard I'm, you. I'm, no, I'm doing the yes, but Echo already does it, and Google already does it comparison. Okay. Sorry. Um, also, ambient sounds are in there, like ocean, forest, and rain have been Awful. remastered. Terrible. And more integrated into the experience, enabling customers to add new sounds to scenes, automations, and alarms. Awful. Pointless. <sighs> terrible. Yeah. Uh, okay. Anything else? Uh, what about availability? Okay, so you can get it uh, $399 Canadian dollars. <laughs> yes. <laughs> wow. uh, you can also buy in the Apple App Store in Australia, Canada, China, France, Germany, Italy, Spain, Japan, the US, UK, and various other countries and regions starting today from and will be availability from February 3rd, just like Michael. He got uh, his. Mm. So there you go. And obviously there's going to be a new update clearly coming, 16.3, because it needs that to run. So that'll be a new update, I guess, oh. on the way. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's not the biggest announcement in the world. Well, I've got to say it, Stephen. You sound very excited. I am a bit, actually. I don't know why, because ah. I don't need it. I, I really don't, you don't need, need it. don't need anything. It's just no. something new from Apple you can <laughs> buy. Absolutely. Well, it's a bit cheaper than the Mac Mini. I'll give you that. <laughs> Um, Have so, you ordered it yet? No, I haven't. No, and you know, oh, it's funny okay. because last night I was doing some sums on the uh, on the differences between safe bank account. Yeah, exactly. Well, that as well. <laughs> and I chat with my wife, say, please, 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 please. <laughs> uh, I was having a look, and I will say one thing. You know, Apple really they take the biscuit when it comes to the trade in values. So I saw this on. This wasn't me, thank goodness, but someone had spent fifty two thousand dollars US oh. on a Mac Pro. Hello, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's not spent that much, thankfully. But he he spent a lot. He did spend a lot of money on it. And um, this person had bought it fifty two thousand dollars, right? And he said he put it in. You put the serial number into the Apple website to tell you what the trade in value is going to be. Oh yes, <laughs> nine hundred and fifty dollars was the trade in value. <laughs> well, they do depreciate rather quickly, <laughs> yeah, considerably. I have to. I didn't think it would de- depreciate to quite that level. I mean, that's quite one thousand. That'd be like your house. You know, I've bought a house for 100 grand. It's now worth 50 pence. Um, oh, that's crazy. Of sense. course, it's always Sorry, better to sell. Cents. Yes, well done. To sell privately if you can. But yes, absolutely. Then again, we're, me and you, we're far too lazy. So <laughs> we'll look, take the hit and trade in. I want to kind of focus in a bit on this and why you might want this because I think a lot of people, you know, will be looking past the announcement of, you know, if you, and I think if you've already got these like I do, I'm, I don't need to buy new ones that, because it goes back to the point you've said, which is that. This is for music. This is really, that's what it's about. Yes, there's lots of nice new features in this that would be useful to you. If you're buying, if you want to buy a really good sound system, this is not a bad choice. You've got the smart integrations there. 
So you do have all that benefit. You've got, obviously got the smart hub in there now to do other stuff with, which is kind of cool. But, you know, how, how does this compare with something like Sonos, which is really the one I've always looked into? That's the one I always, I've always looked up to and thought that was the number one, because I've been blown away by Sonos. It's the one that really did make me go, wow. Yes, I uh, agree. And I think that the HomePods stereo paired are the same. I think they have the same wow factor. There was a couple, like I say, a couple of issues with the way the integration worked between the stereo pairing. But if you can get over that, um, they're really good. I think the problem is with the price of them, although in, in comparison to Sonos, they're not that different. It's the price of one Sonos, isn't it? Well, a little bit more. Um, well, it depends what you're buying. Because again, it's what one do you compare it to? Five, I'm thinking. Is I, I the think the Play one? 5, yeah. The, 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 the toaster or the, the loaf of bread one, the one that's yes. just ridiculous size. Um, I mean, that is an incredible speaker. Uh, it also has line in, by the way, just to point that out. Um, mm. And, you know, you can do lots of cool things with that. Like, for example, I had a turntable that he was able to connect up to the Sonos. So yeah. the Play 5 anyway, which you can't obviously do with these. But I do think it's interesting if you're looking for something that you want to play music on, if you're an Apple household, this is cool. But I have to say, I don't know about you, but I, I would never get rid of my Amazon Echoes for this. Oh no, absolutely not. I'm I'm too invested into the smart side of of my house now that I I, I wouldn't swap over for this. But then I absolutely wonder but not. is that because I'm I'm just so used to the Amazon Echo or is it because well, maybe. because actually because maybe if we took them all out for a couple of days and actually said okay, let's try living with Siri. We'd we'd get on fine. I mean, what do you actually I I know that you like to play around with the different skills and I know you do play games on there. But if you just Think about it. What do you actually do with this thing every day? What do people in the house do with it? Oh, what what don't they do? I mean, controlling the heating. You can do um, that. Mainly, it's it's playing radio. Do right? that. Uh, yes, you can. Yes. All right. Calm down. I'm just telling you. All right. Thank you. I've got routines running uh, a lot of the time. That well, you know, turn it. Yes, turn the heating off <laughs> at certain times and whatever else. Controlling the smart vac, uh, turning lights on and off. So it's just. Yeah, there's nothing specific, I suppose, to the Echo. I, I also, drop-in is something I use, or we all use all the time. Yeah. And I believe you can still do that um, with the HomePod as well. Oh, you as can announce. Intercom. It does see you think, can announce. I, I think there is an intercom, even in the old ones, didn't they add that intercom thing? Feature yeah, this is, this is why this announcement today isn't quite as mind-blowing as perhaps, and again, I can understand why they just dropped a press release on it, but... I think if you're going out today, if you're looking today for a new sound system at home, it's not a bad one to consider. And a lot of people did miss the HomePod big when it was taken away. They said, you know what? It's a shame that died. You know what? The problem I have, and it's always the same with Apple. It's like, wow, amazing quality, right? But they've always got to put that end user, as in me and you, limitation in there. And it, it was like no line in, no line out. It's just Apple Music. Yeah. That's it. Then they, I think you could add other services. I can't remember now. I've never had one. Could you add other streaming music services to it? Spotify and all that? I don't know about Spotify. I think there was, um, I know TuneIn worked with it. I can't remember the other music services. But yeah, there were there were ways to get, for example, radio and podcasts but and I stuff. But obviously, they've got their own platforms for that. They, yeah, but it's all very, very locked in. I mean, the, the thing with the Amazon is still a little bit locked in and Google the same. But it, it is more open. And it, like, with Apple... It is what it is. If I don't want to use Apple Music, can I use something else? If I want to use these amazing speakers, as we all agree they are, with my original hi-fi setup, I can't do it. I can't, I can't connect anything to them. No, but you can. I mean, just on the other music services front, you do obviously have AirPlay on there. So if you wanted to, you could play anything yeah, on your does, iPhone. It just and... makes it harder, though. Why? Oh, Why yes. Su such a challenge, isn't it? It's Why such a tragedy. What now you got to do it through your phone? Why, why? All right, fair enough. Yes, buy one, Stephen. All right, there. But just buy it. <laughs> I don't need to buy it. I've got uh, the old one. Do you know what I'm going to do? You know I'm going to do? I'm gonna buy. I'm going to. I'm not going to buy anything. I'm going to put my two HomePods back out on my table, and I'll feel like I've bought them. There you back go. Out. Why? Where are they? Oh, are they in your drawer? Ah, uh, <laughs> there you go. I've got my. Do you know why? Because I've got my Amazon Echoes, and I don't see the need to have a thousand speakers lying around. So I've got two Amazon Echoes in the living room, and that's my music source. And I find them fine. They're good, Actually, good audio. That's a really good point. The original HomePods and the HomePod Minis are they going to be getting a software upgrade that will add these features? No, There's the, nothing the to stop. Software, the original HomePod is dead. The second gen 
rules, along with the second gen. No, well, there should be no reason One they can't have well. announcement and all that stuff. Obviously, they couldn't have the hub in there, but they could add the other features. Well, the, the minis will. The minis will definitely get an update for them because uh, they're still we'll going. We'll see. You say definitely. And That's a Stephen Scott guarantee. It is absolutely. And you know how you know what that means? Absolutely nothing. nothing. <laughs> uh, but you also uh, you can get the if this excites you, you can get it in. It's not black, of course. It's midnight oh, uh, and white. There you go. Oh, okay. Um, cool. You excited by that? No, absolutely not. Uh, listen, stick around. We've got Marco Flalo joining us next. He's not going to be talking about HomePods or uh, Mac Minis or anything else because uh, you know we're going to save that for another conversation. But actually, we're going to talk to him today about a bigger story, which is Microsoft uh, buying into OpenAI, the chatbot, ahead of a Double Tap TV episode coming up soon. Very exciting topic on this uh, on this story. It's, it's a fantastic story, actually, about OpenAI. We're going to get into that with Mark, explain how it all works and what it means and uh, what it will mean, I guess, overall for, for all of us and how it could actually benefit our lives. That coming up on Double Tap. Keep your uh, comments coming, though. Are you going to buy yourself a new HomePod? I know that uh, Sean certainly isn't. Stick around. <laughs> Follow Double Tap on social media at Double Tap On Air and subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts and email us feedback at doubletaponair.com. We'll be right back. This is Double Tap. Now, back to the show. And back today with Sean and also special guest. I don't like calling you special guest, because although you are special to us and you are a guest, so I suppose it makes sense. Uh, Mark Afalalalalo is here. How am I? Okay, in what ways am I special? I'm clapping, Mark. Thank you. Thank you. My whole okay, life, I've been called special. So you're getting a, a <laughs> little, uh, you're getting a little blind experience here, just for you. <laughs> wow, uh, it is a, uh, it is a pleasure to be with you two gentlemen during the week. This is very confusing for me. Yeah, I like even it, even though I was ejected, <sighs> ejected mm-hmm. recently from a weekend edition. But that's okay. Well, no, I was inserted, okay. Mark. I I got the the worst part of the deal. Yeah. That's the worst part of it, to be perfectly honest. Ejecting or inserting. I don't know what's worse. <laughs> Move Depends, on, Stephen. Depends your take on it these days. Um, but anyway, moving on. Yes, swiftly. Uh, yeah, we're here and we're going to talk about Microsoft and their investment into OpenAI. Now, this is, for some people that may be completely out of the loop on this, we've talked about it on the show. We've talked about ChatGPT. I still, if I'm honest, don't really understand how all this thing works, but I want you to come on to talk about it. No, I don't know. I'm like, how can you not by now? No, I get that it's AI and I get that it's doing stuff, but I don't really get what it's doing or how and indeed why I should care. But, but hang on, what, what, what exactly, what, what part of it don't you understand? So I get that you ask this thing, whatever it is, a question, and it gives you an answer. But okay. it's not a human, it's a robot. That's right. about all I get. <laughs> it's a robot. Please, Mark. Oh, God. Little Ricky the robot sitting there hammering away on its keyboard. Yeah, that's basically what it is, isn't it? You know, yeah. the best okay. way to answer this question, Stephen. Somebody to go home. Well, aside from that, <laughs> is to ask it. You know, you want to know what it is. Okay, well, oh, right. you go oh, to the see. source. Right, okay. So you, you want to ask, <laughs> you want to actually go to the, the website, because this is a website. Explain this for people who don't know, because I'm sure so, I'm not so, alone in this. So, I mean, so, so let's give you some history, okay? So uh, back in 2019, uh, a, a group, an organization called OpenAI, little San Francisco company, um, uh, was invested about $1 billion was invested by Microsoft into this uh, l- tiny little San Francisco startup that had uh, basically machine learning, okay? Uh, Microsoft has since invested another $2 billion, according to a couple of people familiar. So $3 billion so far for basically computing power. And this is all being computed on Microsoft's hardware, of course, because, you know, whatever. Um, what, what, what has happened and what has been released into the world is a, basically a public chat bot, they call it. So you can ask it questions, and it's going to respond answers based on real-world information, just public knowledge information, information that dates you know, pretty far back online, but it doesn't date past 2021. So if you ask something specific like, what is the price of Bitcoin today, um, it won't answer that. It'll say, sorry. It'll say, uh, I'll tell you exactly what it's going to say when it responds to me. It's going to say um, <laughs> that it doesn't have access to anything prior to 
2021 if it actually you know worked this moment as I try to use it. But actually, if you were to go on there as someone who's studying history at school and you said, hey, could you summarize for me the events of World War II, it would give you a story. It yeah, would, it would actually summarize the events of World War II in a, in, a, in a conversational kind of properly written way that makes sense. Mm-hmm. You know, And if you don't understand it, you can even ask it to do things like clarify itself. So if I go, you know, what is chat GPT? I've got the site open now. It's chat.openai.com. And I type, what is chat GPT? Now, now this is the one of the problems with it right now is that there's a lot of people using this. But here, here's what the answer is, okay? It says chat GPT is a large language model devo- developed by OpenAI. It's trained on a vast data set of conversational text and is able to generate human-like responses to a wide range of topics and prompts. It can be used for a variety of natural language processing tasks, such as language translation, text summarization, and question answering. So, okay, let me say, explain that in a way a five, four-year-old will understand, okay? Thank you. Well done. This way, this way for me. <laughs> exactly, for Sean. So here, <laughs> ChatGPT is like a robot that can talk and understand what you say. Robot. It has learned a lot of words and See? phrases by reading a lot of things people have said before. So it can have a conversation with you. It's like having a friend who could talk to you about anything you're curious about. Are you happy now, Stephen? No, the thing about that explanation is... What it tells us is how this could potentially be used in the future. I mean, let's think about the Amazon Echo, which right now is is the closest we get to that kind of chat bot in inverted commas. I mean, it's better than the one you get on Amazon's help chat, which is, I'd like to return an item, please. I'm sorry, I have no idea what you're talking about. Please hit call assistant. Uh, you know, that kind of thing. Well, and that's so, the point. Know, and that's yeah. the point is that, you know, this tool exists and will eventually be licensed and technology like this will be copied that will be used in, in conversational, you know, speakers. It'll be used in online chatbots and hopefully be able to better decipher what we're saying. And not only that, but, you know, imagine, for example, you know, you put it on the Amazon Echo, you know, the question is, okay, that's great, but you can't type into an Echo. Well, it's just going to take your voice. It's going to take what you're reading to it, what you're asking it to do. It's going to turn that to text and it's going to respond and give you a reply. And people are using this to build all types of applications. I mean, I saw one last night where someone created a tool with make.com, which is one of these kind of if this, then that programs where you can say, if something is triggered, do this. Mm. And they've now implemented the chat GPT API and they uh, made it so that when they posted a new YouTube video, it grabbed the transcript. It create a it created a 280 character summary of the video and automatically posted it to that person's Twitter account. Wow. No effort whatsoever. Wow. Like literally it runs in the background now. You yeah, know, you the see, challenge with creating stuff like this now is that this is still really a beta and it's it's yeah. not really the most stable thing in the world. So I wouldn't rely rely on this to, you know, give <laughs> you your thing, medication or stuff like that. There's but already it, tools that can do that sort of thing, right? You know, like a macro or a batch or run a routine or whatever. But the important thing is that natural language. Well, it's it? a natural language taking it's taking the transcript. And yep. turning that into a natural language, but also not only that, turning that knowing that you've given it the guideline of being on a tweet. So in this particular case that I saw online, he actually said, create a tweet. Didn't, didn't even put a character limit. And, and it not only did it create the tweet, but it included hashtags. Yeah. <laughs> that's why? incredible. Yeah, it is. So oh, that's amazing. You know, you need to see things like this and hear things like this to, in order to really kind of get an understanding of the power of a tool like this. But I think that's exactly the point, because when I heard about this at first, I thought, okay, that sounds great, but what do I get it to do? What can it do? And the answer is it can do anything. Never really satisfies people, because you don't really have a clue what that means. But, you know, the idea of being able to automate parts of your life or, you know, be able to have a conversation with a device. I mean, you know, what's been interesting is Amazon have put a lot of money and time into developing the Echo Voice to be more conversational in its style, so the voice is more conversational now with an engine like that behind it. It would be incredible. But the big question is Microsoft. They've put in a lot of money to this, or at least they're, they're planning to put in at the, well, at this three, $3 billion to date, and they're talking about investing another $10 billion in OpenAI, um, which would basically you know, pro- provide them with incredible amounts of computing power, number one. It'll give them the, the complete Microsoft compute cloud at their disposal. 
but it'll also give Microsoft the adva- the the advantage and the edge over the competition. Yeah. Because what's happening now is something like this comes out, and, and no one really expected it to go public like this, uh, let alone to spark the imagination of everybody that's out there. So you have companies like Google and companies – think of the search giants, the big companies mm-hmm. – um, really struggling to figure out how to use this and how to get this – out into the public before anybody else does. And the fact of the matter is it's there. Microsoft has already backed it, so it's a natural for them to back more of it, um, whether or not the story is real, because you know, I, mean, I know it's real, but there's a lot of information that's speculative here. But I bet you tons of companies are going after them now. Well, and that's an important point, isn't it? Because the, although the, some of the headlines might lead you to think that Microsoft have bought in, they are looking to buy in. They've not done it yet. And you're right. I mean, it would be quite, I think, is a 49% stake they would take in ChatGPT if this was the case. So that's a pretty big chunk. I mean, they're going to lead the way with this technology. And it does seem to be, I mean, it certainly seems capable, but it, it almost does need to be harnessed a little bit. It does need to have a purpose. And I'm trying to think what ways you would use it in, I mean, Microsoft Office, I guess, is one place. Okay, think about this. Okay, the thing with Microsoft. Okay, we we sit here and talk about Microsoft, and we know Word, PowerPoint, Excel, the tools we use, Outlook. Um, we know they've got a Bing web browser. We know they make Windows. That's great. There's a whole element of Microsoft that is really the cash cow on the business side of things in terms of data, CRM, analytics, and all that kind of stuff. Mm. Okay let alone their computing power and server hosting and Azure and all this stuff that goes on behind the scenes, which power everything that we're talking about these days. But imagine you can go into an Excel spreadsheet that has, I don't know, hundreds of thousands of lines of data. Okay, here's a better example, okay? Um, We've got an inbox. I've got mail going back to, I don't know, 2005. I've got an archive of my mail online. There's an archive, literally, an archive of every single email I've sent back and forth. I could, with natural language and a tool like this without having to do anything but not typing a, a freaking line of code okay say tell me how many times um i've said the word poop to stephen scott in my life a lot and faster than i can even finish hitting the word enter it will give me that answer so that's that's a fun example here's another example you're a financial services company you're a bank you're you're data-driven company uh, or maybe you're not a data-driven company, but you want to be. You want to get some analytics on things that are going on. Uh, so I've got a spreadsheet. I've got sales. I've got locations. And I want to figure out, okay, what is the most popular widget that I sell in the northeast part of United States? To do that before a tool like this existed, you'd have to make sure your data is formatted the proper way, put it in the right place, have all the data points there, et cetera, et cetera. But now with just asking the pure natural language question – it can go through all the data and figure out everything that you have and figure out how to give that to you. And then when it answers you, you could say, you know what, chart that on a spreadsheet for the last 12 years. And it just does it. Um, so the the access to information and the access to existing information is going to be dramatically, dramatically sped up. And it's going to make business smarter, more intelligent. It's going to make competition harder. People are going to be able to compete with others, whether they're big or small, a lot easier because they're going to have this tool set that exists that only really, really large companies might have had access to before or been able to use. And, you know, the, the opportunities are endless. Like I was driving home yesterday and I was I had a recording at 4 p.m. and it was 345. I knew I was cutting it close. If I could just literally say, insert assistant name here open Riverside into my double tap studio and make sure that you let the two people who are waiting in and let them know, by the way, that I'm running a bit late, then I'll be there in a minute. While I'm driving, not distracting myself, not typing, not launching programs, not remote connecting. If I could just speak that and suddenly it goes and launches the program on my computer, lets the people in and tells them I'm running late. Like how much time would that have saved me? And all the stress that goes with it, right? You get home, yeah, you've got to yeah. race into the house, you've got to get set up if something goes wrong. I mean, I had, I mean, a good example was the other day, I was doing a Zoom call and I opened up Zoom. And of course, the first thing it wanted to do was update, not once, but twice. And, you know, it'd be good to be able to just ask the computer, you know, get, you know, or even if it could figure itself out to be smart enough to say, okay, he's got this Zoom meeting coming up today. I better just check everything's up and running and ready to go. And you could ask it to, you know, get my computer ready for the day. Um, there's a lot of these tasks, these menial well, things. Imagine that. So imagine that. You know, I tie my, my Echo into my calendar. So what I actually have a, have a routine 
that when I walk through the doorway of my office based on a motion trigger, okay, and if I do that between 7 a.m. and 10 10 a.m., my office lights turn on, my desk light turns on, my echo tells me, it says, good morning, Mark. It says, today is the date. It is this time. You have these events on your calendar. The first one is, and it tells me what it is. If you could add the ability, as you just said, to launch Zoom, have it ready, have the meeting start, and add just certain elements of control to it, mm-hmm. how much help would that be? And now, think about that from a disability perspective. Well, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> and know? this is the thing. I mean, the reason I, you know, it's interesting with chat GPT and all this stuff, and Sean, I know that you and I have talked about it, and we've kind of talked about it passively, right? Because we've not really, I think ourselves, kind of cottoned onto what this potential here is. There's, when you think about accessibility, it, it kind of just comes with it in a lot of ways, you know, because essentially you're making things easier. You're breaking down barriers between you and technology. I mean, at least in these applications. So in a way, it's making it more accessible by design. That's the cool bit. It's just the ultimate interface, isn't it? I mean, the, the ability, it's like the holy grail of computing, no matter what forum or platform that computing takes. It's, it's not close having to, to it. use, not having to click on icons or, you know, use the file edit view. I mean, we we come to know, and that's commonplace now. You know, the the floppy disk save icon or whatever it is, and the the file edit view menus at the top. But just being able to talk to technology naturally and have it respond naturally and do what you want it to do, it it's it's the next it's the next platform, isn't it? Here, here's the challenge, guys: is that you, the the best way to leverage something like this? Okay. The perfect future here is that is that it's always listening, which is, you know, raise security flags on my left hand. Um, it's always listening. <laughs> it's always, you know, paying attention to what you're saying. So that if you're sitting at a computer and you're saying, oh, save that, you know, you just say, oh, save this file. Mm. So you have to hit the button and do it. Save the file uh, and you know, answer the phone. And it does it. You want to be able to walk through your house. And as you're walking through the house, say, turn on the lights, start the dishwasher, turn on the microwave. Oh, start cooking my pasta get my past out in order for any of this stuff to really work. You need to be able to trust that you can give technology access to your most prized possession, which is your data, your life, your, your, your things around you. And I think that's going to be one of the biggest barriers to this really becoming, uh, you know, Jarvis in Iron Man. Do you, I think that's, do you think that's, that's the case? I mean, Sean, you've said this umpteen times. You don't particularly care about this when it comes to privacy. I mean, you, you, as far as you're no. concerned, they're all listening, right? So, yeah, until yep. it's hacked for the first time. Until there's one big <laughs> hack. <laughs> until there's one big hack and your bank account is now in Marco Flalo's country. Yeah. <laughs> we're always hacked. It, 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 we're past that. I mean, it's closing the stable doors, right? We, we've... We've already accepted convenience over privacy. It, Listen, I've late. always said I'd love to have a headset in my ear or something that was implanted or just available that's always listening. Why do I want that? Number one, when I forget what my wife told me, I can go, what did she say? Yeah. And it can yeah. remind me. Black when mirror. I'm in a room yeah. with people I don't know, but I, I, you know, I know I know these people, don't remember their name. My smart glasses could be looking around the room and tell me right there who it is. Uh-huh. Oh, hey, Bob, how are you? Oh, yeah, I can't remember the last time we saw it was, oh, so all that information on my fingertips. And um, and not only that, but imagine that everything that was being listened to could also instantly be searched. So you're saying, oh, what's the name of that song? And then it just pops up. It's just there. It's in front of you on your spark glasses. It's in your ear and answers to all the questions and everything you need is just right there at your fingertips. No delay, no, no intrusion. It knows when it's supposed to speak up or not speak up. You know, this is this is an interesting future that we're heading towards that services like this are going to enable. And it's so interesting because I watched this movie recently, See For Me, which is uh, on Netflix, at least here in the UK. And uh, it's a, a movie about a blind girl who uh, ends up, she, she's cat-sitting for someone at some big massive house in the countryside in you know rural America somewhere. And someone breaks in the middle of the night and she has to look out for herself through this app called See For Me, which is by any other name, Be My Eyes or Ira or whatever you like, right? Uh, It's the same idea. But the interesting thing is that the way, what I was more interested in was how she talked to her phone because I said to my wife, I wonder how they'll depict voiceover in this because will they use voiceover? Will they use talkback? And they didn't. They actually did it more like a, it was more like natural language uh, approach to it because instead of having to invoke something or you know tap on the screen, she would just say, "Open this app." Use Siri as you could do to do that, I guess. 
But, you know, also send a text or do this or do that or do the next thing, and, and the, the phone would respond. So it was more like a Siri approach to, uh, you know, using a device, which for a lot of us, I think, would be an, uh, the next step when it comes to using our devices. Now, that could be for everybody. It may get to the, a time where really an OS is just that. It is just an assistant you just talk to. And, you know, the whole idea of hitting buttons on a screen goes away because really, if you think about it, you know, the whole concept of tapping a button on a screen was just really almost like a transition point for people who you were used to physically pushing buttons to do yeah, something. Yeah, totally. Yep. That's going to change, isn't it? Well, just, just imagine, okay, we're done recording today, okay? Are we? Are we done? Is that it? No, oh, well, well, let's say we're done, yeah. okay? <laughs> L- load those three recordings up in Audacity and make sure they're split on tracks and have no more noise. Yeah. It opens it up. It gets the noise reduction done. Edit this down so there's no more than 0.5 milliseconds between two people talking. Listen back to it. Play back. Oh, that sounds good. Take all Sean's the a bit out. quiet. Make sure all the levels are equal and make sure it's nice and compressed, about 15%. Yeah. I never lifted a finger yet, right? <laughs> and, and, and take out the ums. I mean, you can do that now with Descript. Yeah. There's other platforms that are doing Even Adobe's developing one. Yeah. Take a, make Steven say that he really loves me at the end of this before <laughs> the extra comes in. Probably do that as well nowadays. Okay. Now he's getting confused and stop it. It's getting confusing or it's getting scary. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Both. I mean, we are getting into the realms of sci-fi, aren't we? We're talking well, about really. films. We're talking... No, no, no. I mean, I mean that, reality. That, that example there, that's reality now because, I mean, we have Descript, which you can do. There was a thing we were doing the other day, Mark, if you remember, and you were trying to get it. You thought you could use it on something, but you, you in order to use someone else's voice... You need their permission, right? You can't just upload someone's voice to the cloud and say, "Hey, tell us." It was, it, was, it, was a, it was someone we interviewed, yeah, and um, he made a mistake on his own company's website, yeah, and he spelt it wrong. He forgot a letter. I'm like, "Oh well, let me see if I can use the script to add, add a letter." And no, it needed it. It was able to learn his voice and use it, but I couldn't add speech unless I uh, repeated a phrase in his voice. So you know, there are thankfully there are fail safes like that. Yeah, there are fail safes and guardrails in place for that, which is good, right? And that's yeah. that is going to be a concern for people. But that's the point, Sean. That it's it's not sci-fi. It's no, human. no. The point I'm making is we are now reaching the point of where sci-fi was. It, it, it's films like her, where everyone's yes. walking around with an earbud in, yeah. you know, and, and just asking natural questions. That's that's where we're at. I mean, it, yeah. It's, I mean, it's we amazing. need to we need to get to a point where it can properly be programmed to your voice so that yours is not responding to somebody else's talking in the room um you know where it has to be trained so that it doesn't you know re- answer every- like can you imagine the constant noise in your head if it's responding to everything it hears like yeah, yeah that's, that's not true. your voice yeah now, this is why we have these invocation commands like siri and 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 you know alexa because it it's the trigger word it's basically that push to push to listen right uh, and then you choose with how long it listens to afterwards. Now we're trying to get away from that. We're trying to get that out of the equation, and that's a challenge. That's a true challenge. I think well, we're listen, all good with things I, I, listening to us, right? Like I think we're okay with that. I if think you got companies, a smart speaker in your house, you're good with it. I think companies could learn a lot from blind people who spend their day listening to screen readers, because you know a good example of this is, and it happens to me every day. I'm sure it happens to you every day. The same, Sean. You're having a conversation with someone. And you're interrupted maybe 50 to 60 times a day by a voice telling you about a notification or an yeah. email. And then it reads yeah. the entire email to you. And, you know, <laughs> yes. So if there's a link in there, it'll be HTTPS, Zoom slash 4615. For five minutes, yeah. And it just goes on and on and on and on. And you think there's, there's no way other than just tapping the screen or turning the thing off and turning speech off, which means you basically it's an all or nothing approach. You then get nothing. Um, that you know, the, there has to be a middle ground, and I think that this is where is there no mute option, like where you can just kind of mute it for ten, like twenty seconds or something. No, like that. no, it's it's off or it's on. You can either have the voice, you can have the voice speak to you all the time, or not at all. I mean, it's, you can silence it by just tapping the screen with two fingers. That's like the, the shut up button. Um, but does but it shut it off entirely? Just shuts up what it's currently saying. Just what it's currently saying. So, if, uh, so say, Until so, the next. So if you get a told text and your family's texting each other. Well, yeah, here's a, here's a classic example of this, right? So you, Aflalo, when you send a text, and I do this as well sometimes, you send a text and you send another one, and then you send another one. So what I get is Mark is sending a text. Mark is typing. And then it says, text from Mark, and it starts reading it. And then because you've started typing the next one, it interrupts itself and says, Mark is typing. So I yeah. oh, hang on. So I have to go back to that one. And then it'll say, Mark has stopped typing. New message from Mark, and then it starts reading the message. And then it you interrupts see, I itself try- again, and you're like, oh, I- come on. <laughs> I try very hard to not do that. I think with certain people, I do it just because we're so used to just getting yeah. our thoughts out of our head. 
But I try very hard not to do that. To try to like because I hate people who do that. But it's really not your fault. Write their whole sentence in seven words, seven messages. That's not your fault though. That's the technology that's not. It's it's doing it for a reason because it's obviously trying to get to the next thing and it's seeing there's something else to tell you. But it's not allowing itself to give you. It's it's less about the information. It should be more customizable. Yeah, and it's not about the information delivery. You know that's the difference. What is yeah, no, it should it, be. Contextually aware. That's what it should be. I'm reading a text message. Let me well, get I mean, that. Notifications in, inherently on an iOS or on Android, you can now, I mean, they're constantly working on making the visual aspect of it less annoying. Yeah. But they're not, what you're telling me is they're not equally making the effort on the audio side of things, on the talkback side of things. I think, it, it, yeah, I think it's about the mindset. I think if you think of it more like an assistant and less of something that is just there to read the screen, I think yeah. the screen reader part is the bit. Because interestingly, when I wear my AirPods and I get messages in, it's delightful because it yeah. will read the notification in my ear and it'll say, Mark says, where are you? You're late for the interview. So I can just hold in the you know button on the, the AirPods and say, reply to Mark, I'm out shopping, do it yourself. Would you like to send it? Yes. Done. It's beautiful. And I thought if that could be my entire experience with a screen reader across, like even on my Echo now, I use it for shopping. And it only really works truthfully and I only trust it truthfully when I'm buying something again. So if I say reorder earplugs for my wife, my long-suffering wife, because I snore like a pig. So you know, reorder earplugs. And it will say, last time you ordered this. Is this what you want? Yes, I've added it to the basket. If you want to buy it, buy it now. Okay, buy it. Done. Next day it turns up at the door and you think, that's brilliant. No, yeah. None of the extraneous, you know, telling me where the buttons are and telling me, you know, all the other information about how many controls there are on the web page. It's just, it's just naturally responding. And I think that would be a fantastic way. And I know this technology, we are, we are going to be speaking to a company soon that are actually developing this technology um they've moved away from the whole you know physical anything or not physical but anything on the screen other than one button which you tap to talk and you just have a conversation with the device and i think that's the the way that a lot of this is going to end up going and we've as usual sean us blind folk we lead the way of course always leading leading from well um, usually holding on to someone or a cane or a dog yeah, or yeah, something let's be you know. fair yeah okay <laughs> Interesting stuff. But yeah, it is fascinating. Mark, thanks so much for coming back on to talk well, about the, uh, this. Yeah, we're done. That's it, Mark. You're free. You're free You're to, to roam the... Uh, <laughs> Am I back on the weekend or have I been ejected? What's going on now? I don't know. It's no clue what's going on. It's been Mark. fantastic talking to you and uh, I really look forward to uh, getting you back on. But we are at a time. I've got to go. Uh, Mark, uh, as always, thank you for coming on. We will have you on again soon, I promise. Also, Sean Priest, thank you for whatever it is you do. Thank and, you. And uh, we'll be back tomorrow. Bye-bye. Love Double Tap? Did you know we're on the TV too? Check out brand new episodes of Double Tap TV on AMI-tv every Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern. Or binge on all episodes online at ami.ca forward slash Double Tap. We're also on YouTube. Search for Double Tap to catch our episodes there too. Hi, I'm Ramia Amuthan. Join me weekly for AMI Audiobook Review, the podcast that explores new titles, introduces us to famous narrators, and updates what's hot at the Center for Equitable Library Access. Download episodes of AMI Audiobook Review from your favorite podcast provider.